Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. So this season we are talking about stepping into the business of our dreams and I have got the perfect guest to speak to that theme for this week's show. Tracy Harris founded Moms with Hustle six years ago and today the business offers a podcast, courses, workshops, membership programs and online communities and I got to meet Tracy at a business event over four years ago now. Lexi was a tiny baby, it was my first speaking gig, she was three months old, Um, it was my first speaking gig after having Lexi and Tracy ran up at the end of the event and introduced herself and I was immediately struck by her positive energy but also by how clear she was on who her business was there to serve, namely moms running their own businesses. Since then, Tracy, through Moms with Hustle, has built a seven-figure business while working 20 hours per week, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So myself and Tracy have quite a wide-ranging chat. We talk about starting Moms with Hustle, how the idea for it dropped in, what something I love, how she made her first hire before she actually made her first dollar. (laughs) the importance of niching and how she found hers and also diving into her weekly structure. So the structure that she works to and her individual focuses or themes for each day. And I really, really love how she does this. So I'm going to jump into myself and Tracy's chat now, and I really, really hope you enjoy our conversation. Hello, my dear. Welcome to my show. I'm excited to have you. Oh, I'm excited just to be sitting down and chatting to you. I feel like it's been ages. I know. I feel like this is probably the most quality time I've gotten with you for a number of years. (laughs) I know, but like, gosh, a lot has happened. It's been a whirlwind. What a time. I know. What a time to be alive. And and then you've had like a second baby. And a second baby. That's happening too. I just, uh, yeah, just before I started our session, I, I booked in the, the consult with the sleep consultant because the the, the, the pain threshold has been reached right Ooh. now in our household. Oh, so yeah, yes, you're all at your limit. Hopefully by the time people are listening to this, our child is sleeping through the night and everyone is a lot more energized. I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that prayer for you. Yes. Oh, thank you. We need, we need <laughs> prayers. It's not actually that bad, but I think when you're it's yeah it's been five months now I'm like okay I'm ready to have a really good sleep thank you very much yeah five months of sleep deprivation it is torture yeah (laughs) it's just oh oh, it is but this is way more exciting getting to have this chat with you than um, trying to settle a child to sleep during the night yeah so I'm really really thrilled to have you because I've I've, I remember the first time we met it was actually you know when the first time we met was it was at an entourage event and I was speaking at it and Lexi was only three and a half months old I don't know if you remember and you came rushing up you're at the back of the room you came rushing up and said hello and it was so lovely to get to to chat to you and then I followed your your career since then and, and all, all struck at everything you've achieved with Moms with Hustle so as a starting point would you and I actually don't know the answer to this can you share with us what what were you doing before Moms with Hustle kicked off Oh, sure. And, you know, I just have to say the reason I was drawn to you like a magnet, Lorraine, is because I just get so excited when I see a mum, particularly a new mum, that we're so fragile at that stage, mm. um, you know, still just rocking it and, and doing the thing that lights her up. Oh, and you. I just love connecting with women like that women like yourself. So I had to just come over and say hi and and honor you for being there and having little Lexi. And I had my young Jude with me at the time. He was in the pram and I was like breastfeeding him constantly. And I remember being there at that event, looking around and there was no one else with a child except for you. (laughs) So when you came on the stage to speak, I was like, there's my girl. That's my crowd. That's my people. Oh, love. Yeah. That was a great event because I was on the panel with Michelle Bridges was on the panel, wasn't she? And Nicole Eccles from Glasshouse Fragrances. That was a great event. I feel like 
that could have been like four years ago or five years ago. Crazy. Well, Lexi, as we're recording, it was four years ago because Lexi's four and a half. So that would have been in and around the same time as we're talking now with the age oh, of Alders, if that makes wow. sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that means that my youngest was super young as well because he's only turning five uh, in December. So yeah. there you go. Wow. But um, before Mums with Hustle, I was an executive primary teacher and I did that for about 10 years. So there you go. And I feel like uh, education and leadership is always at the heart of how I serve mm-hmm. and how I contribute to society. And so moving that education, that training, that personal development, um, that building of community over into the online space mm. through Mums with Hustle is like I very much have transferred a lot of those same skills but also yeah, makes the parts sense. that I loved about my my leadership role as a teacher mm. into Mums with Hustle. So there you That's go. So great. And how did the idea drop in? And actually, sorry, should we, I think this would actually be helpful for anyone who's not familiar with Mums with Hustle. Would you mind just giving us a, the, the, the elevator pitch as to what it is? Like what does the business stand for? Who, who are you? Who do you serve? Oh, yeah, we should probably cover that. That would be helpful, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Assuming everyone knows what you do. We're just chatting. Yeah, yeah, like (laughs) friends here. Um, Okay, so thank you for giving me that opportunity. Well, Mums with Hustle has been around for over six years and we are Australia's leading online community for mums growing businesses from home. Mm. And the way that we support is through that community element, but also through education and training. And there are a number of different um, containers that we do that through. So there is a membership called the Social Method Society, and that focus is more on um, marketing on Instagram, but then into other parts of the digital ecosystem. So how are you growing your email list with Instagram? How are you growing that podcast? And, you know, all of that uh, content marketing attached to it. So mm-hmm. that's the Social Method Society. Yeah. And that's a large group um, membership. Yeah. And then I have a much, much smaller container with the focus purely being on the digital entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. the woman with an online course or courses, um, the coaching business, um, and memberships or masterminds of her own. And so that's small. That's like a maximum of 30 women in that container. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a year-long thing. And, oh, I just love it. I love it. And mm-hmm. the big thread between all of these things is I truly believe, like, we are relational beings. We can't do anything without the love, the support, the friendship, the fellowship of another human. Mm. When I look back at any time in my life, Lorraine, where I have been my happiest and most successful or thriving, whether it's in, okay, let's talk about running, for instance. There was a time when I was such a keen runner and I was at my best when I was spending time with other keen runners. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when I think about my my breastfeeding days, like my husband and I made a family decision that, you know, we wanted to feed or I was going to breastfeed for until the baby said no more. Mm-hmm. And that was different for each child. But to be able to do that in a really happy, like to be joyful about it to, and to love it, to have the whole family unit ticking, um, I needed to be around other happy, thriving breastfeeding mums. So it's the same in in business. I think if you want to also have a really happy marriage and relationship, it's like, well, hang out with people that have that themselves. And so it's the same thing in business. And I just pause there. Isn't co- that just the ultimate bloody life hack? <laughs> what you just said. Yeah. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. I know. And and we can look around and we can love, love, love the people that are our family and are our friends. But sometimes we don't share the same core values or the same passions or we're not on the same page in all areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so or just the same life stage. You yeah. know, I've got lots of friends who are moms, but none of my close, close friends have babies right now. Yes. So that's, yeah, such a good point. And then how many of them are in that season, Lorraine, but then are also entrepreneurial? Mm, no yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you know we have to put that effort and intention into going and seeking that out for ourselves Mm. so yeah community is 
a huge part of yeah. what we do at Mums with Hustle. And I think that the statistic at the moment, and this is probably outdated as well, I, or incorrect, I, I believe that there'd be more, but apparently there are 300,000 mums growing businesses from home just in Australia. Wow. wow. And I just, I, I just feel like we're underrepresented. It's like we're this secret little society. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's no training or development or even um, support mindset wise mm-hmm. for this very unique experience that we all yeah. share. So true. So now we understand. Thank you. That's super helpful. I'm sure for people <laughs> listening, how did that idea actually drop in six years ago for you? Oh, through pain. Yes. <laughs> through feeling like a weirdo. Like I just didn't fit in, uh, in my career anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear that I either just you know, put on my big girl panties and went to work every day feeling out of alignment. Um, family uh, is is one of my highest, highest values to the point that I chose to walk away from a career that I really loved and I felt like it was a calling. But the second um, it was coming up against that that values boundary of like, oh, you're leaving at four to go and breastfeed your baby mm. again. Like, I was like, why is that an issue here? Mm-hmm. And, and so, it, you know, coming up against things like that almost daily, um, it caused me great anxiety and, mm-hmm. and stress and like physio- physiological signs of stress as well. So I ended up leaving um, that profession and I just asked myself like, why? Why is there not a space for us, for the mum that is still ambitious? She still has so much passion, so Mm. much that she can contribute to the world. And I just wanted to create a space for all of us mums with hustle. Mm. Um, So yeah, that was the concept. And I honestly had no idea what it would become. Mm-hmm. So I didn't start with a product first or, you know, with a plan, like a business plan in terms of monetization. I started with serving first and just mm-hmm. building a community. And yeah, I just thought whatever is meant to be will reveal itself. But there is something first and foremost at the heart of it all, which is this need for us all to connect and feel less alone in a time of motherhood, a lot of women were were new mums. I was certainly a new mum where you feel really isolated already. Mm. So that that's where the idea kind of just dropped and I just went with it. Yeah. And what were you, what was your first product then when you actually decided to monetize it? Uh well technically the first thing I ever sold was um tickets to like a lunch, like a mm-hmm. luncheon. I think we met in Mossman, I think the first one was. Yeah. Um, and that was about 50 or so ladies that would listen to my podcast regularly. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like if we're building community and we're all, well, I'm producing the podcast, they're all listening to the podcast. Yeah. Let's meet each other. Yeah. And so we did. It was like a big blind date and we all turned up and <laughs> a big blind date. I love that. Yes. And everyone, everybody knew each other's Instagram handles, but not faces. Yes. Uh, so this is like six years ago now, and that was just super fun. And we did a few of those. So that was technically um, the first thing I ever sold in mm. my business. It was not really for profit. It was, yep. I look at the costs and I just think, gosh, I didn't even know about events as a business and different ways to price or, or even if they're free, like having a free event could be a really great, you know, marketing strategy too. But I just went in with it was like, oh, it's going to be 50 bucks and we'll all get some yummy lunch and some wine and let's just meet here. And and that's really, and I'm so glad I kept it that simple because I could have Mm. overcomplicated it. Yeah. As so many people do. Yeah. So when did you realize that this was actually going to be a viable business? Because I mean, now you and your husband, Carl work in the business as in full time, we are equivalent to full time. So when did, what was the, do you remember the moment where you went, oh, I think I'm onto something Like this could actually be something that's going to support our family and, and the, the dreams and the lifestyle that we want to have. Mm, it was at that luncheon. So the very I had first whole, one. Yeah. Very I cool. had a whole group of them coming up to me and several, at several times, several groups. Um, 
would come up to me and they would say, so when are you going to teach us how to grow our brands on Instagram? Mm. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) And they're like, yes, like you have got 13,000 followers in like a year. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you teach us? Because like I've been on Instagram longer than you and I'm not really seeing anything happening. Um. Yeah. And so I was like, oh gosh, you want to learn that from me? Okay. I was like, I'll just teach you what I've done. And so that was the the foundation for the first online course that I ever created. So six yeah. months later, I released the beta of that course, the first version of that course and went on yeah, to launch cool. that several times. Yeah. Can I ask you, and this is a bit of an aside, but how important do you think it is to niche down when you are creating an online business like you've created? Oh my goodness. Well, you need that cut through. Mm. And I know it sounds so cliche and, and depending on how long you've been in business, you could have heard this like a thousand times, you know, mm. Marie Folio is always saying, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody, Yes, but it's so true. And, and in the mastermind where I'm like mentoring these amazing women in business, the second they pick their niche or they niche harder into a niche, the faster their business grows because all of a sudden their messaging is really narrow Mm -hmm. and now they're helping someone with something really, really specific. Yeah. And even their marketing content on the outside can really just speak to one or two core um, core either problems or solutions. Uh, So it's really important that we Mm. do that for our front-end marketing but also just for our overall messaging and even niching in with our offers. like. Yeah, I have so many point. people, Lorraine, that will say, oh, but, you know, I'm a mindset coach for, for mums, let's say that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm like, yeah, but which type of mum or what sort of mindset or what age and stage of life is she at? Like, like what's going on there? Because there are so many and like what sort of mindset? Mm. Like, oh. um, what do you think people's reticence is to niche down? Sorry? What do you think their reticence is? Like, why, why, why are they afraid to actually take that step and niche down, do you oh. think? Well, I think first and foremost, we believe that we're not going to attract enough people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to go really, really broad. Yeah. Um, and then we'll catch more people that way when really it's too vague or it's too vanilla or it's too wishy-washy mm-hmm. when we're being so general. But when we get... S- super specific, then all of a sudden you hear people saying things like, oh my gosh, it's like she's in my head. How did you know that? Yes. You know, <laughs> that's a key sign. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really is that fear of, uh, is, are there enough people and can I make those people know about me? Are they going to mm. know that I exist if I niche so narrow? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. I love that. What would you say the three biggest blocks have been for you over the last six years as you've, as you've well, A, started the business and then also scaled it to where it's at now? Mm, okay. Well, I have two that come straight to mind and then the yeah. third, oh, maybe it'll reveal itself after I've said the first two. I don't know what I'm <laughs> going to say. <laughs> All right. Straight away, oh, my body wants me to say the belief that I don't have time. Yes. Like yes. I'm at a disadvantage because, you know, my baby only sleeps in 20 minute nap cycles. Um, my husband like isn't here at home to support me. He works long hours or away from home quite often. Mm-hmm. Like when am I supposed to, like how am I supposed to be successful and get this thing off the ground when I really freaking don't have time? Mm. Ugh, it was so annoying. <laughs> yeah so that, that was makes the first sense. mindset barrier yeah but can I just as, pause you on that one my dear yeah. because I remember having this conversation with the business coach as in I was being coached by my coach a few years ago and I said you know I've got all this stuff I want to do and I just don't have time and I burst into tears because I was just feeling so overwhelmed at everything I wanted to do and he just gave me this little smirk and I just wanted to honestly I just wanted to slap him I was like <laughs> why are you smirking I'm like I'm crying here what what's the deal And he said, do you think this isn't a problem that your target audience is also experiencing? And I just had this moment of going, oh my God, you are so right. I'm I'm saying that this lack of time is such a big block for me in going and achieving what I want to achieve, but time is such a major issue for the women that I work with as well. So it just, it was this, 
something just clicked and said, okay, Lorraine, you need to figure this out so you can teach other women how to also do this. Mm. So I think that time thing is huge. And and you're, <laughs> what you're experiencing with your baby only napping in 20 minute increments and your husband being away, I mean, they're the various challenges that the, the moms in your community are also experiencing. So it's, it's, it's such a funny one, isn't it? Because it's for us to navigate that in order to teach other people, not teach, but to share what, what's worked for us essentially. Yeah. And so that was the whole premise of my, my own podcast. So for Mums with Hustle, you know, I started a podcast from day one. Oh gosh, I was so nervous. Those first few <laughs> episodes, those first hundred probably, let's be honest. And I, that's, that was the premise of the podcast, just to teach back what I'm doing and how mm. I'm doing this. And I always say to my audience, you know, small steps every day. Yeah. And we've been conditioned as a society to think that work has to be like a nine till five. It has to look Monday to Friday. Um, and so we carry that into our own businesses mm-hmm. where we're growing them from home. And it's like, actually, it doesn't have to look like that. It can yeah. look any way you want. And um, we can actually work way less hours if we are not stopped by, you know, self-sabotage, procrastination, fear, perfectionism, like that is where we suck, where the time is getting sucked. Yeah. yeah. So imagine if you could deal with all of that mindset stuff so that that doesn't slow you down. Then when the time does present itself, imagine if you also knew what your next best step was rather than faffing about and going in circles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we move forward because then all of a sudden you don't need that much time. Because look, you know, have you ever been presented with the opportunity of, of or the gift of time, and then you don't even know what to do? Yes, or, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. Or you, uh, the mindset stuff now shows up, and it's like, oh, yes, I know I've got to work on that thing, but I'm also scared. Mm. I'm like terrified, or I'm I'm doubting my own abilities, or yeah. imposter syndrome is here now. Like, who are you to do that? Mm. And so you, you don't... haven't got the excuse of time anymore. You've almost as the layers of the onion. You've dealt with the time <laughs> one, and then when you have the time, there's nothing else in the way. So then the mindset kicks in. It's such a good point. Love that. Yes. So oh my god, time is your was, number one block. That was my number one block. Yeah. And then the second one, well, pretty similar, is I'm not going to succeed because I don't have money. Mm. Like I don't have money to invest in my business in the way that some other people, um, businesses that I was looking at, so this is comparison syndrome, Yeah, um, have money. And to a large degree, there was some truth in that. Like I come from, my, my family immigrated here from South Africa. We are coloured people and lived in the apartheid era and so mm-hmm. struggle was very common, is still mm-hmm. very common, <laughs> or yeah. is the experience for my family. And yeah, so like just completely self-funded the whole way and, mm-hmm. and in business as well. And I know I just for so long I was like, oh, maybe if only I could just get someone to invest, like even $10,000 or $20,000, like, oh, then I'd be like in such a different situation. And I just think, no, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have known what to do with that. Or, you know, like, (laughs) come on girl, like, no, 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 no. Like you can do this. So the second I shift, shifted my mind, like just to, it's no one else's problem, but mine, like Mm. I can do this. And and any woman out there, self-funded, zero followers, zero podcast listeners, whatever your situation is, you can do this. Like all of the magic comes from within you. So mm. yeah. That that was a big one, feeling yeah, like I didn't huge. have didn't have money. Yeah. Yeah. So time and money. Mm. And fast forward to today. So the current business model. So you've shared the mastermind and also the, the membership model. In terms of behind the scenes, who who's running this the show with you and Carl? What's the team structure? Oh, yeah. So our team has grown so much through these two pandemic years, which is something mm-hmm. I'm just super proud of and really grateful for. Um, yeah, because it has been the biggest season in teams in in terms of team for us as a company. Yeah. yeah. So we have six six amazing individuals on our team. Yeah. And um they range from podcast manager. Yeah. Uh all the way through to community manager for my mm-hmm. programs. 
Um, and who else do we have? We've got a beautiful um, content producer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so content being, you know, the things that go into the membership and, and yes. managing that, the education and the development. Um, I have an amazing executive assistant, but she's, I don't even, she's so much more than that. Like she really is my, my right hand lady in helping to bring that structure to the mastermind experience as Mm -hmm. well. Um, got a writer, a content writer, Mm -hmm. um, and an amazing, two amazing women on our customer, um, service team so brilliant yeah can I ask you my dear who so you started with yourself and Carl who who was the first person you hired so when the money started to come in and you realized okay I'm probably you and maybe Carl as well were at capacity and you felt like you needed to sorry we should actually also say Carl is your husband I don't know if we actually mm. made that clear <laughs> yes he's just that that employee that I see yeah, yeah just Carl Carl <laughs> <laughs> when did when did he actually join you in the business uh, four years ago. Okay, so December. quite early on, actually. So you're coming up to four years in the business together. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. He he left his job on his birthday. Okay. That's his <laughs> birthday gift to himself. I love that. Yeah, it really <laughs> was. It was. Um, so who was the first hire after after Carl? So when you felt like okay, we're we're getting to the point where there's there's too much in the business for us to do. Who was the first hire that you made? Mm-hmm. Well, my first hire was actually before him. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was before I ever made a dollar. So it was before my course. Yeah. Um, it was before everything. And I, uh, it was a beautiful virtual assistant. Yes. And, you know, she helped with so much managing the podcast, weekly emails, my general inbox. Um, and then she helped with like sales emails for the first launch of the course as well. Um, and that started out really small. I think. I think she started out as like just an hour a week or an hour and a half a week Mm. because again, self-funded and also didn't have a product, wasn't making any money, but I needed her because of the whole, well, I didn't have time. My baby was napping and I was being busy with all of these other tasks that essentially she was able to do Mm -hmm. and with greater efficiency um, than I could. And so then that freed me up when Ethan was sleeping, Mm -hmm. if he did, to actually create the course material. Yeah. So that was really important. And and she helped me for about six months there. Yeah. Um, So that was really great. And then when Carl did uh, exit his career to come into the business, we did hire uh, more of an all-round sort of VA, um, but she helped like, oh, again, anything from the inbox to e- weekly emails to podcast show notes, um, booking me in for things, working with my guests, like, you know, she did that. And we, she was with us for about, oh, two and a half or three years. Mm-hmm. So she ended up helping us with some of our launches and, yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. But then uh, her role ended up <laughs> needing to be split into about six people's roles. Right. <laughs> Um, and so now we have the current team that we have. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. Sounds like a really, really smart, intentional way to build a team out. Yes, it was. And, and they were all really amazing women and all very much, um, they share the passion for what we do mm. and, and who we help. So, so that's, yeah, so it's a great team. Yeah. And, and on that, my dear, so you shared last week, which I thought was so smart, the your weekly schedule so how, not not your diary but how your, your the focuses that you spend say Monday on Tuesday on Wednesday on Thursday on can you share what that is and how, how you manage that in your in your week week to week yes so at the moment my work hours are Monday to Thursday mm-hmm. 10 till 3 yeah uh, so it's 20 hours and the way that I approach each of those days is to just have a one particular focus. Sometimes yeah. there's two, um, one to two focuses for each day, so that I'm not wasting. I, I've shared my, the concept of brain calories with you. Yeah, remember yes. when we spoke about yeah, that? Yeah, when I, you interviewed me for your show first yes. time. Yes. Okay. 
Well, let's come back to that because the amount of brain calories that we waste switching between tasks. Yeah. Epic. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, why? Like that, that is really precious. So for me, a Monday is we, we have some team time. So our team meetings or checking in with individuals sometimes as well. And then I'm batch creating Instagram marketing content. So, you know, they're either the posts or the reels. And here's the thing with reels. A lot of people think that they're a time suck or whatever, but when you can get on a roll, like if you can record four, five, six in, in like an hour, yeah, like that's done, you know, for, for a couple of weeks yeah, or a few weeks. Um, so, you know, just like the batching is really, really important. So and that's the Monday. I shared with you as we started chatting today. I'm doing two and a half days at the moment in my business and, and batching is the key. Like there's no mm. way in hell I could get it done without the batching. It's gold. <laughs> so that's Monday. Love that. Yeah, yeah. That's Monday. And then Tuesday is what we're doing right now. So it's a content day again, but it's more so for the podcast mm-hmm. and or um, me being a guest or me creating um, education and training content to go into my paid programs. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Tuesday. Yeah. Um, And then Wednesday is my delivery or fulfillment day. And for me, I'm a coach and mentor. So that means I'm in my communities or in these group containers and I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm serving, I'm connecting with the ladies. Um, We're either doing hot seats if it's in the mastermind or Q and A's if it's in the membership. So yeah, that, that's what's happening on a Wednesday. And that Mm -hmm. uses a lot of energy you know, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also, can I just end- add? I think it's extra energy intensive when it's all over Zoom, and because you're not getting that. Um, I know, of course, when when you're delivering, you're you're getting beautiful energy from your audience. But when when I I know I find myself when I'm in person, it's it's just that little bit more energizing. So I feel like when and also when you're sitting in front of Zoom presenting down to Zoom, it can be quite tiring as well. So I can imagine that's extra energy intensive when when it's all online on Wednesdays as well. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, I don't pack the whole day. Like that might be two hours or something, mm-hmm. um, three hours max on a Wednesday. And then kind of that's it. That's pretty much all that's going to happen. Maybe I'll uh, touch base with my executive assistant. And if there are things that have come through the inbox, you know, she'll run them all by me and brief me on them. And I'll just say, yes, no, yes. No, yeah. no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I'll just go for a walk or something. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then on the Thursday, that's my thinking day. Uh, how- thinking day. What happens then? <laughs> well, uh, for a little while I was like, oh, can I even call it that? Maybe I should make it seem like a strategy day yeah. uh, or a CEO day. So it looks like I'm doing something. And then I was like, no, I am thinking and thinking is doing something and we need to honour that way more than we do. Like we need to get back to white space, daydreaming, imagining, reimagining exercises. Like what if my membership was a blank slate and it didn't have the legacy mm. of what it currently looks like? What would it look like if I started again? Like Such a cool question. Yeah. Yes, or um, what is it that my audience needs from me? now mm-hmm. not six years ago when I started like right now what are they thinking what are they feeling what are they doing what are they saying like and just like having beautiful brainstorming exercises I'm saying this as I look up at a massive um I've got like this massive notepad thing on a on a clipboard and I just did a big brainstorm yesterday but like you know those sorts of leadership questions too mm-hmm. Like, so can I ask, my dear, when you're doing that thinking day, have, do you go into it knowing what questions you're going to ask yourself? How does it work? I do have a list of yeah. um, thinking prompts for yes, myself. Nice. And sometimes yeah. I go to my little list and I'll just see which one speaks to me. But sometimes I'll just ask myself what's on my mind mm. and then I get it out. <laughs> and you do that thinking at your desk, your normal desk day today? No. So sometimes I'm standing and I'm like writing on this big, brainstorming like this big sheet of paper thing on the easel 
Um, sometimes I'm walking. I do love to think while I'm out in nature and mm. on a walk. And I can't remember where I first learned the concept or had the concept brought to my attention, but you know, in those old movies where they've got the general or maybe the president or whoever is the person uh, that has to kind of steer the ship and they're always walking, they're walking in mm. corridors, they're having these meetings, they're having these thinking, they're carrying, they've got their person next to them, but they're walking and and it's like there's actually some brain-based um, science there behind the concept of like walking and thinking or walking and talking and planning. So I really enjoy like quite often I'll go for a massive walk and just ponder on things (laughs) and then come back and I have to write it all down. So, um, you know, it's one thing to think, but I think we do also have to record our thoughts somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then we need to take those thoughts to a group of expanders or trusted advisors that can help us shape our thoughts. Yeah. Because our thoughts are rarely genius when they first come out of our heads. Yeah. You know, they need they need a little bit, a bit of, of like, shaping. A little bit of shaping. Or yeah. even someone to say, Oh, my friend Victoria Labam teaches this in inside of her her high-level programs. That every, when someone shares an idea or a, a thought or a hey, I'm thinking about this, they're all they're allowed to respond with is cool. That's it. They're not allowed to throw in like a, oh, really? Oh, well, that wouldn't work. Or I've done that or go into whole, I call it whole poking mode. Mm. You're not allowed to do that. You just need to hear sometimes what someone is saying. Like, yeah. like your response just then was the, mm, it's yeah. like the, cool. Okay. Cool. Like yeah. that's cool, Tracy. Great. Okay. But next. equally, you know, not to jump in and say, and oh well you could also do this or this or this like to, for the other person to tick into to brainstorming mode because that almost hijacks the idea that the original person has had does that make sense yes or they so would actually give some the space spout. and the juice for it to, to, to marinate in yeah yeah mm. because you don't want what if like I think especially in in close smaller circles or in mastermind situations, when someone stands up in front of the room and shares something that is on their mind, the last thing, and I've seen this happen in some programs, is for people to say, oh, really? Is that what you're thinking about? I thought you were, isn't that taking you off your niche? And now all of a sudden you're like, is it? What? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah, it's a crap idea. Yeah. And it's like, no, but that person should have just said, oh, cool, you know, yeah. tell us remember, more about that and then, yeah. and then let you, you know, get it out a bit more. Yeah, and, and start to, yeah, put, put some meat on, on the bones of it almost. Mm. I remember Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx, for anyone listening who's not aware of, and she shared in a podcast interview that I was listening to a few years ago and she said she didn't tell anyone about the idea for Spanx except her IP lawyer. And I think one friend knew about it she, because – Two reasons. One, she didn't want anyone to think it was a stupid idea. And and two, she was so protective of the idea that she was actually afraid that if she shared her idea, that someone might talk her out of it. Or, or I call it black hatting, you know, black hat the idea you say po- go into whole poking mode. Yeah. So she was so protective of it because she said that in those early days, it's almost like a newborn, you know, they're so fragile you know you're afraid to obviously you don't want to drop them but you know you're afraid to move them too hard or you're picking them up really gently and supporting their neck because they're so fragile and I think our ideas are just like that as well and I think it's really important to be protective of our ideas and not necessarily not to share them with anyone but if we do have ideas to share them with people that we trust who we know will give the cool response rather than go into whole pokey mode and I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people make whether it's ideas for businesses or revenue streams or just life in general is to, to share it with potentially like parents, for example, or partners or friends who just don't get it. Like they don't get the space. And, and I feel like so many ideas are squashed in their, their very, very early days because maybe someone chose to share them with the, the wrong inverted commas person who, who wasn't going to be as supportive of the idea as they, as they could be. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really good point to make on, on those ideas as well. And, and almost not to poke whole poke yourself, you know, to actually give yourself the space for it as well. Yes. 100%. So how do you then integrate those ideas? Do you get, does Carl get a debrief at the end of thinking day? What happens from there once you have the ideas? 
Yeah, well, sometimes our thinking is shared and it's like Mm -hmm. an exercise together, but most of the time it's individually. And then, yes, we do come together usually over some coffee because we are epic coffee snobs. My husband (laughs) is literally next level. Like he's weighing the beans before he puts them in the grinder. Like, I don't even know. He just does all the things. So he makes us some beautiful coffee and then we kind of debrief with the what's on your mind question Mm -hmm. and we just kind of share. And, you know, sometimes also you asked about the prompts for the thinking Mm. time and I said I have my list, but sometimes I'll also just listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. um, of someone that I really respect. I love Michael Hyatt. I love uh, John C. Maxwell. Like they're amazing leaders. And so there's usually something in there that I can take and just ponder on. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes there's that stimulus, but then we come together and we kind of debrief and share and some things just kind of get kept as a, yep, that was really lovely. And then other things <laughs> are just like, okay, yeah, we need to, we need to integrate this. We need to take this to the team and this needs to happen. Yeah. I love that yeah. there's a lovely, it's like, oh, bless. That, that I yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. That was great. Well, it's not going to happen wait. anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> and just on that, you know, you touched on a couple of the, the podcasters that, that you like to listen to. What keeps you motivated and inspired on the whole journey of business over the last six years? Oh, being in community with other really big thinkers. Mm, um, how do you so, do that? Oh, well, I'm in a mastermind myself and have mm-hmm. been in a mastermind for like five years. Yeah. Um. And the same mastermind for the past three and a half years. And so what I find is the deeper those relationships go, the better quality the feedback because now we actually really understand each other. Yes, and you understand each other's values, you understand each other's businesses, each other's situations and your life stages and situations where you're at. Yeah. The way that we present in terms of self-sabotage also Yes. The longer yes. you know someone, the more you can go. You can call them out on it. Yeah. yeah you can be so like, true. oh, babe, you said that last year. <laughs> <laughs> What's going like, oh. on? Yeah. And you're so frustrated with that person. Then you're like, oh, you're so right. Yes. Or, you know, asking key questions like, do you think that you could be viewing it like that because mm. of this other thing that has happened in the past? Is there some mm. legacy of that hanging over? Did you feel, is there some healing that needs to happen there? Do you feel let down by t- by your team members? And that's why you're apprehensive to grow a team. Like, yes. you know, you have the yes. history. Yeah. The battle scars. Yeah. Makes yes. total sense. So for me, staying motivated, inspired, and also keeping my cup really full and energized as a coach and mentor is to actually go and like receive that myself in mm. another container. Like otherwise I'd just be depleted. So yeah, <laughs> I think we point. all need coaches and mentors and community. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think the other thing as well, and I was sharing with you, I've just committed to a, a, a VIP day of coaching myself in a few weeks time. And I think to also go through other people's processes, you know, rather than sitting here blind, creating masterminds, you're creating membership. I think it's so helpful to go through other people's products and services as well. So you can experience, okay, this is how someone else does it. And it's all, all goes into like the fact finding file for, for yes. us as well. And, and to, to have that, have the customer experience as a customer, as well as being the per- person providing a customer experience too. I think it's really helpful. And totally. Tell I, me, I speaking have, of, sorry, I was going to say, I wouldn't have probably had the courage or the confidence to create my own mastermind three years ago if I hadn't have been in one myself mm. or I'd been in two myself to kind of see, oh, how does it feel? How What makes me feel like really taken care of in this yes. space? Yes. Um, what things would I change? What about my audience? Like th- this is a great container for me, but what would my audience need? How would I have to change mm. it? Um, so, yeah. It's important. Well, you ask quality questions, my dear. I love that about you. Oh, really good. And now, speaking of depletion and filling your own cup, the other thing that can be very depleting is being a parent. Oh yeah. (laughs) Speaking of my sleep situation (laughs) right now, so what do you do to to keep yourself energized, and how do you navigate the the parent hat, you know, Tracy mom hat, and also Tracy business hat? How, How do the two interplay and blend together day to day? Because you're obviously quite structured with your business days. Yeah. How do you how do you manage that blend between the two and the switching of gears between the two? 
Oh, well, I struggled with mum guilt for so long and it still rears its head sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. tries to tell me, like even this morning, you should not go for this walk by yourself. You should be here with the kids. They're happy. They've just, you know, they're so cute running around their pajamas. They're going to be at school in like an hour and a half. You should be making the most of this time with them now. Like I've got that bitch in my head. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, oh, then then my elder son comes up to me. He's seven. He's an old man. Oh my gosh, old soul. And he just says, he said something and he's like, Oh, are you gonna be dead in 20 years? Jesus. And I was like, Oh, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> I was like, I hope not, possibly. Who knows? But I hope not. And he's like, What about 50 years? And I was like, Well, again, I hope not. This is why I, and and as he's saying this, I'm tying up my yeah. my sneakers, you know, yeah. I'm putting on the shoes. And I was like, this is why mummy is going for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm working on my fitness and my mind yes, and my happiness. This is why I still also go and see my friends and I nurture my friendships. I have to be a good friend. I went out to lunch with a friend yesterday who has just got the news that she's cancer-free. Oh, amazing. I know, young mum of two. She's freaking awesome. She's an entrepreneur herself. And I was just like going out with my friend Sarah, like, you know, making time for dates with Carl, like, you know, prioritising the other areas of my life, Mm. like not just motherhood. Yeah. Because we can be so many things. Yeah. And I think it can be very easy to boil it down to, almost like one of the most urgent pressing things. And I mean, I know if I was thinking about my life, the the family, like our children and my business, my health, they're the three that they, that there will be enough energy for those. But then you're right. It's the, the female friendships. It's the, 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 the relationship with myself and way that they're the things that tend to go off the boil if we don't take really intentional steps towards focusing on them. So I, I really love how you're talking about that. The, the nurturing, all the different oh, Taylor Swift has a, a song called Mirable. And I watched her. Oh, I'm going to write that down. It was the Netflix, I'm trying to remember which one it was, because she's done like those kind of video, like those documentaries about her last two albums. But yeah. the one which was about Mirabal and she was talking about, she was talking to the, the other producers about, you know, why she had, the whole story of the, the lyrics behind the, the song. And she said that we're all Mirabals, like we've got all these different glass chips on us or little yeah. mirrors that reflect different parts of ourselves to different people around us. But who are we? who are we truly, you know, if we take away the mirror ball, who are we actually truly underneath all of that? So I think that's kind of the, 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 the line that I'm drawing to what you're saying as well, that we've got all these different facets and these different faces of ourselves and that we don't need to be just, you know, in mom mode or just in business mode. It's about nurturing all the different facets of ourselves. So I think that's a really, really, really great example. How oh. do you, um, how do you, I don't say how do you manage the children, but I know I love this tip from Emma Isaacs that she shared a few years ago, because obviously she's got like 17 million children. And she talked about her hack is to take one of the kids away for an overnight at a hotel to get them like that dedicated one-on-one time. How do you navigate the quality time with, with the kids? Oh, I love that question. And that sounds so fun. The idea of the hotel thing. I want to do with Lexi. We're both on a mission to get Wilder to take the bottles. We're like, we're going to sneak away to a hotel. We're not going to tell dad and Wilder. We're just going to sneak away. And she's so excited. (laughs) Do it, do it. But but for us, um, even just a week ago, we had solo sleepovers with the boys. That's like Mm. one of their most favorite things to do. So What's a solo sleepover? Well, we each have... Uh, one of the boys. Yes. And we have a sleepover in, well, I always seem to hog our bedroom. I get out there. Yeah. That's the best. <laughs> so that's where mum's sleepover is happening. Yes. And I had the little one with me and Carl had the eldest in the spare room in that queen bed and they had a sleepover there. Aww. And then we swap. So either the next night or the next weekend, yeah. we'll swap. And we'll do that with um, the other child. That's but so other, lovely. you know, other little things like just taking one of them for coffee or, uh, well, they're not having coffee. Uh, we're yeah, having yeah, coffee. I'm having baby coffee. Cheetos. But they're having yeah. the baby Cheeto with the hot chocolate or whatever um, and running little errands and things like that. And mm. quite often, uh, Carl will, our eldest loves to be a little bit mischievous or thinks that that he is, even though we always know what he's doing. Um, So Carl will sometimes say, hey, Ethan, like come in here, like 
mom and Jude have gone to bed. How about we watch a movie? And then, oh, you know, like it's really, so it's really only 7.30, you know, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> he thinks it's heaps late. He's like he's a rebel. Like, yeah, like let's eat this. And then like, you know, then they're having like some popcorn or something cute. And, and really so fun. he will think, yeah, but I obviously know what's going on. And then the next morning is like, oh, how did you sleep, mum? And I was like, oh, really? Great. <laughs> how did you sleep? And I could just see it in his eyes yeah oh I had like a sneaky movie with dad yeah so I don't know just oh going on solo walks I love going on walks with my eldest like that's our little thing but yeah just finding those moments it is important they're so different when they're on their own too yeah yeah and they're not competing for you I actually find Lexi because I mean as we're recording this, she's reasonably new to being a big sister but I really find when we're on our own like when she's got me on her own she's so much less I don't want to say demanding, but she's just mm. more, we're more in tune together. Like she doesn't feel like she's trying to get my attention. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's really lovely. You're right. They're so different on their own. And I think just what I was thinking as you were sharing those little, little, oh, they're like little touches of fun, you know, just remembering to, to bring it back to fun, that it doesn't have to be serious and, and getting shit done all the time, that there can be permission to have fun as well, which I think is really, really yeah. special that you and Carl are, are creating that because it sounds like it's one of your family values, you know, that togetherness and that fun. Oh yeah, we're so random. Yeah, <laughs> like lovely. do you know what we did yesterday? We picked Tell the me. kids up from school, um, and we just like we just like embarrassing the kids too. So we put the windows down. We turned up the Doof Doof music. I think it was like Tiesto, like I don't know, it was like full on <laughs> dance music. And we cranked it up, and then Carl and myself were just yelling out in the main street of our tiny town, going woohoo just like that and the faces on the kids they were just like what are you doing and I'm like we're just having fun we're a family that likes to party and after a couple of minutes they started doing it out the window at people as well and then That's people so look at cool. us and, like, and just smile like a mum with her stroller she's like what a man painting the eaves of his house he just looks at us and smiles and it's like yeah, yeah we are that crazy family That's but so special uh, the examples I gave were like that's not happening every weekend but yeah, even yeah. just just yesterday, Lorraine, like they come home with the home reader, you know, from school. And that's my special time with Ethan. I read with him or he reads to me um, every night. And then the little one is not allowed to be there. Like he has to go do something. He has to go choose a book off the shelf and read that with dad. So, Mm. you know, having that separate time and we call it mummy time and we put on our essential oils and he gets to sit in my bed. And yeah, so we just do those little tiny things, but seizing small moments. Yeah. Yeah. They they just get so much. They don't have to, no, don't cost massive money. Don't require massive planning. That's that's really cool. And I'm conscious of our time, but there's a question that I really want to ask you. Given that you've got the business, your time is so structured, you're doing 20 hours per week in the business. You, you have this time with the family. Do you have much help at home on the other side of things? No. And really, no. And I feel like that's an area we could improve on or, but at the moment I'm not bothered by doing the housework ourselves. Mm. We are really happy and maybe it's because we only work 20 hours a week. Yeah, there's space and time to, to get everything done. There's space and time, like done. it's not yeah. bothering us. I think where we want the support at the moment is with our date nights. We really just mm. want that, like that has to happen. That's a non-negotiable mm. for us. So, you know making sure that we book in with family like you know hey can you come over and watch a movie with the boys and want to go out to dinner like just Mm. us or whatever it might be but yeah there were times there were seasons where I did have someone um come over like weekly at one stage to help with cleaning the house that's when um the boys were really little and I was just like the housework was just oh it was just so gross it was just Mm. never ending and I was like I cannot live like this like and I wanted to work I wanted to work yeah I wanted to work in the business and not stand there cleaning stuff so yeah you know there were a couple of years where we did have someone helping us with that um and we did have if it's if it's if it's a season that it's not actually bothering you right now then just go with that yeah yeah I love that you asked that question because it's so nice to realize like oh yeah actually I, we don't even want that at the moment. Mm. We d- we did have a gardener at one stage. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe COVID disrupted all of that. Mm. And yeah, so we're just really, 
Yeah. Yeah. Content at the moment. Yeah. That's great. So good. Um, now very quickly, three books that have been the most life or business changing for you. I love a book recommendation. Okay. All right. So the first one would have to be the Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I just finished it. I loved it. Denise Duffel so Thomas good. told me to read it in the podcast interview I did with her. I loved oh, it. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, then you really oh, we enjoyed to, that. We need to do another episode on our barriers to success. Yeah. Like, well, you know, my friend Jules just told me she had the big leap, but didn't she didn't really love it. But she loved his other book, which I think is Living Consciously. She's like, she's uh, raving about that book. So I want to read his other one as well. Oh, I'm on Thank his you. I'm on his second one about the genius zone. Mm, okay, that's not what she's reading. She's definitely something around conscious living. Okay, yeah, are you loving that. Yeah, I am because okay. you know he introduces the concept of the genius zone in the Big Leap. Yes, and so I feel now like this I next more book, on that. that's good. Yeah, so maybe check that out. Mm. Um, so that one, and then ooh, well, at the moment I'm like two chapters away from finishing the Happiest Man on Earth mm. on my list as well. I'm dying oh. to read it. Are you liking it? Yes, oh, I can't wait oh. to go to bed tonight and finish it. Oh, but then I love I'll be when you've sad got a like that, that it's finished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so beautiful, you know. He says on the back of the book, if you want life to be beautiful, then you have to decide that it's already beautiful or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. there are just so many amazing, inspiring quotes through there. Okay. Um, yeah, what a story. What a man. Um, and then the third one is by my friend Victoria Labam. It's called okay. Risk Forward. Right. Um, and she's based in New York. Uh, she is a speaker and, um, yeah, author, entrepreneur. Her thing is helping people like you and I be better at our delivery through blending the arts with business. So in terms of like she studied with Marcel Marceau in in, like the mime in France and like just she's just so, so incredible. Um, But, yeah, Victoria Labam and her book is called Risk Forward. They're probably my three faves at the moment. Thank you. That um, Risk Forward is new. I'm just Googling as I'm talking to you. Very oh, cool. just okay, on yeah, her website and watch her video and you'll just be like, oh, now I get what she does. This woman yeah. is someone everybody has to know. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that. Thank you. And very last question. What's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's hoping to step into the business of their dreams like you've done? Mm. I think you have to believe that you are worthy of being more, receiving more in your life. Like you don't have to just drift or live a life by default or let things just happen to you. Like you can take control. You can say what you want. You can future script. You can have dreams and visions that seem so silly or so embarrassing or so entitled. Um, you know, like don't don't think that you can't have something that isn't around you in your everyday life. Mm. Like just go after, like life is truly, truly short and a blessing and you can achieve anything that you want to achieve. And I know that people think that that's so cliche or whatever, but like if you read The Happiest Man on Earth, (laughs) you will see that happiness for him is a choice. He decided to be happy he was a Holocaust survivor, by the way, for people that mm-hmm. don't know. And just he goes right into the grotesque details of the things that he experienced and his people experienced. Um, but happiness was always a choice and the choice to survive also. Again, another choice. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I highly recommend that book. And I think it's the same for all of us. How we live and how we choose to live and get the most out of life is a choice and mm. you're worthy of it. So just freaking go for it. Big words. I full body goosebumps as you said that. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a note to end on. Thank you. Oh, thank you for asking the question. I think so most of us fun. don't come from families and backgrounds where that was modelled to us. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to imagine that that is possible when you don't have that around you in your everyday life. So yeah. And that whole point of you can't be what you cannot see. So I think that the idea of modeling and and, and seeing someone who is doing that or experiencing that, whether it's happiness and business or relationship or or home or kids or whatever, I mean, that's that's really, really important just to show that it's possible, which I think is why that book 
has been so powerful for so many people. Mm, yeah. Oh, my love. Thank you so much. I love that. Any any last points that you want to make? Any and you want to share before we wrap up? No, not really. I just want to say more women being really proud of the fact that you know they're a mom, they're a business owner. It can business can look however you want it to yes, look. Yes. You get to break any rules you like. Yep. You know. <laughs> Oh, look, first you, break if, all the rules. Exactly, yes. exactly that title. Yeah. Yeah. Break all the rules. Yeah. And just find your crew and don't, don't make the mistake of going it alone. Find your posse and just, you know, go together. Love that. Thank you so much for joining my dear. I know this chat is going to help so many people and just keep doing what you're doing. I love watching it. Thank oh, you. Thank you. And likewise, and I look forward to sharing this episode with my beautiful community too. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Tracy, for joining me for this week's episode. And I really, really hope that you got as many nuggets as I did from chatting to Tracy during our chat. To find out more about Tracy and Moms with Hustle, visit their website, tracyharris.co, or go to Instagram at Moms with Hustle. So thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. And as always, I love hearing what your biggest takeaways are from, from my episode. So please do drop me a note on Instagram uh, or on an email and let me know what your biggest takeout was from this week's chat. And I will chat to you again next week. Thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, and suggestions for future topics for the podcast. So please get in touch on Instagram. My handle is at Lorraine Remarks and through my website, LorraineMurphy.com.au. If you're enjoying what I'm putting out here, please do rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community. Or even better, do all three. Chat to you next week.